While the large incumbent learning management systems serving higher education have the resources to frequently develop new features or even acquire companies outright to add to their stack, everyone else has really tough decisions they need to make with the redesign process. Eleap, an LMS developed by the Louisville-based Talania, has won longtime clients in compliance industries, life sciences, and many other sectors with an emphasis on numerous features like careful adherence to federal regulations, uh, substantial e-commerce features, and more. Eleap just completed its fifth redesign since launching in 2005. Hi, my name is Henry Kronk. I work as the editor at eLearning Inside. This week, I got in touch with Talania CEO and founder Don Weobong to discuss the LMS redesign process and especially the turn in the e-learning world away from desktop devices towards mobile use. Full disclosure here, Don also happens to be my boss. Talania owns e-learning inside. So with that said, here is Don Weobong discussing the fifth version of his LMS eLeap. This is our fifth version of the system. Uh, we launched originally in 2005. So we aim to look at the system interface um, features, all of that good stuff, you know, continuously, but do a measure look every three to four years. That's our, our target time frame for this. So uh, it was definitely time for us to revamp it. But this time around, there was also an important kind of critical reason, which is we, we really wanted to lay the, the groundwork, the foundation for what the system truly can be in, in its next iteration. So it wasn't just a system visual upgrade. It was how can we build an infrastructure that will support machine learning, AI, um, obviously a mobile workforce that is trending younger um, and how can we ensure that the tech is going to be able to absorb that type of training and learning uh, going into the future? Uh, so that was the reason for us to, to do the redesign. One big part of this new version has been the process of optimizing eLeap for mobile use. Mobile is trending up. There's no question about that. Um, in, our, in our use and just looking at our data, and part of it is kind of like a, a chicken and egg situation because for some people and for some systems, because you don't truly have a mobile capable system, people don't enjoy using it in mobile. So you have a lower use. And so you can make the case, well, I don't ever have that many people using it in mobile. Well, the reason could be very well that it doesn't look as good. The features are not actually designed for touch versus click. Right, those are two different um, interactions that that we have, and so 
what we know uh, just from our history is that yes, we have people that were trending uh, towards mobile, but our version four, whilst it was mobile responsive, and that's a big difference. See, you can have a mobile responsive system that is not a mobile ready system. Those are two different things. It can be mobile responsive in that it will shrink everything down to a smaller frame and all of that stuff. You go to websites where, you know, you can still see some text, but you've got to either uh, pinch and zoom in to see everything or whatever. Yeah, that's just mobile responsive in some way, but it's not really mobile. So that's one of the things that we had to make the call that says, look, uh, V4 worked okay in mobile, but we didn't really build it as a mobile system separate from the desktop version. And we had to make a judgment call about where we were then and whether we could just you know, continue to build the desktop version and hope that people can use it on a mobile or to truly look at can and should we build a mobile system separate from a desktop system. They decided the answer was yes. What's more, it wouldn't just involve a desktop and mobile system. A new one also had to be built specifically for tablets as well. Yeah, just when we finished the V5 desktop version, they were like, oh yeah, we get to start all over again. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, now we have to go and build all of these features on a tablet. I'm like, yeah weren't we just supposed to like make everything fit the tablet? They're like, mm -mm, no, no. You literally have to make sure that on a tablet, the way you click on a button, where the button is, the relationship between that button and that button. I'm like, oh God, are you serious? They're like, yeah. So anyways, and then of course, after the tablet, they're like, oh, we gotta do it for a cell phone. I'm like, are you serious? And I'm paying for this? Oh man, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm glad we did because it, it definitely um, it, it's it's made a huge difference. And and one of the things that we've not talked about is international expansion, um, because I am really committed now with V5 to push as hard as we can um, on the international rim. And the reason why we work so hard on the mobile version is because internationally, not everybody has a tablet. I mean, not everybody has a, a laptop or desktop machine, but you can bet just about everybody on this planet has a cell phone um, or a tablet. And so if we want to be able to penetrate those markets, the system has to work and has to work well uh, with low, low bandwidth um, um, scenarios, right? So, uh, so one of the things we did was that we actually, um, we we slimmed down the tech for some scenarios where the bandwidth was, was lower. Um, so you actually had a faster interaction with the system versus you know, wait for it to download and all of that good stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying that to say, when we looked at our analytics, uh, Google Analytics and, and our web data, we've got about mm, 20, 25% use from mobile. Um, last time I checked, it's grown up to about 30. So it is definitely trending up, um, but it is, it's, it's not a 50-50 split. I suspect, however, that within the next 24 months, that number is going to go up pretty substantially, partly because as our users see the new system and how it works in mobile with a mobile first 
design and features, the experience will be vastly improved. And so literally we had to kind of plan for the future uh, instead of looking at our numbers and going, well, we've got about 20% mobile. So that's really not, you know, as much. So let's not do anything about it. We wanted to say, well, if we build it, will they come, if you will? And that's part of the reason why we did the V5. In other words, ed tech developers need to simultaneously look at how their technology is currently being used, while also anticipating how that usage can or might change in the future based on the addition of certain new features or products. So when I used to be on the board of the, uh, the Association for Talent Development uh, here in Kentucky, um, you know, that was almost a constant refrain, which is, you know, our e-learning designers and instructional designers essentially just creating smaller versions of a slide deck and then saying that's mobile. Or are they designing really little, what I said <clears throat> about the system design, were they really designing a mobile version of a presentation? Um, and it comes down to unfortunately funds and money. And the reason I say that is to truly design for a mobile first experience in content, you want have to have the resources to do that. And it's unfortunate that we don't have enough designers that are actually versed in mobile design. Yeah, you can design something that will get uh, with HTML5, for example, um, you know, will get nicely reconfigured for a smaller screen. It might even be nice in terms of using the swipe versus a click uh, to navigate and so on and so forth. Yeah, but designing for mobile takes a different type of storyline versus designing for desktop. And the truth of the matter is to do it properly, you have to spend the resources. And for lots of companies, you know, it's compliance training. I want to know that somebody did my sexual harassment training and here's the record and that's it right it's so it's a constant struggle about doing it right and doing it fast uh, what's that famous uh, saying you know do you want it cheap or do you want it fast i mean you can't have both unfortunately and so that unfortunately applies to the training space i think however what's going to happen is this with what i call smart videos coming online where you don't just view a video kind of in a passive capacity but you can you know, stop, you can actually chat, you can type in inter interactions into a video. That is going to make it a lot easier for designers to adapt that as their primary vehicle for, um, for developing mobile content, because I think that you can carry a lot more in, in a video file versus what you can do in a slide deck, right? So, you know, you've got somebody interacting, demonstrating a, a particular scale, you pause it, you're able to, you know, now what should I do next? Type in your response, um, voicing your response, whatever. You you tend to get a lot more engagement that way. And and I think that some of the tech we've seen with videos and smart videos and being able to have a lot more than just a file that plays from beginning to end will help to speed up that process of, of kind of mobile uh, content development, but the the truth of the matter is, yes, you can do mobile design, but you've got to spend the money. And lots of companies, um, maybe even including some of our customers, are just not there. Um, their primary objective is 
I need to find that people have done the work or have done the training and so on and so forth. Now, knowledge transfers um, have always been at the back of people's minds. That's how you justify return on your training and dollars, right? Did somebody learn something? Can they apply it on their job? Did somebody learn something in the classroom? Can they translate it outside the classroom? Um, so, so those things are going to suddenly become more important and we in this space need to have tools to be able to answer that question. Um, and so as an industry, yeah, it might not be adopted quickly enough, but at some point somebody's going to ask us tough questions about, you know, are we just spending money on essentially PowerPoints and is that enough? And now the people that can figure that tech out in terms of smart videos and some of the engagement uh, tools that I talked about are going to make tons of money. Um, certainly, we are thinking about that here at Elip. I think uh, V5 is placing us on that route to ensure that, yes, this is a platform. We don't build content. But if you do build your content to be mobile, to have that type of um, mobile experience, then you definitely can have the best platform experience in addition to your content experience. So we are kind of having to traverse two different uh, roads as the platform provider, but then also recommend and advise uh, customers on how to create content that would work for a mobile audience. This has been Ed Technically. My name is Henry Kronk, and I write for eLearning Inside. If you liked this episode, please rate and review it. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. Also, keep in mind that this show is available as a video on our YouTube channel, as well as a, as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. The basic content for this video first appeared as an article on eLearning Inside, and if you would like to hear more about online courses, technology in the classroom, and edtech in general, please check out our site. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please send an email to henry at elearninginside.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at elearninginside. Thanks for listening.